0: Welcome to Cab World. First off the rank for news, reviews and interviews from the world of taxi, private hire and chauffeur drive. This is episode number 16.
1: Joining me as ever is my co-host William. William, how's things with you? We're good, we're good through in the West. How are you, Lockie? Yeah, very good. Not so
0: bad. Uh, getting by, getting by. So we've got um, a slightly different episode for you uh, this week. Uh, we've got a slight twist to the usual format because we have a guest. We've got uh, Steve Lumsden of Strathclyde Chauffeur Service. So we're going to have a chat with, uh, with Steve and then we will cover the What's On section. So events that are taking place in the UK and overseas. So, without further ado, um, we'd like to welcome uh, Steve to the show. And uh, Steve, just wonder if you could introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your business, and uh, and then we'd like to cover some of the issues that are affecting your uh, your business and the wider chauffeur drive um, sector these days.
2: Yeah, Hi, uh, Loki and William. Thank you for the, the invitation uh, onto your show. Uh, my name is Steve Lumsden. I'm the owner of Strathclyde Chauffeur Services Limited. Actually, yesterday was uh, the company's ninth birthday. Um, and un- not unlike a lot of businesses in this current difficult year, we've had a lot of struggles. Um, just lack of volume, non-movement has really impacted on the business um, massively. Um
0: I'll bet. I mean, oh. the the majority of of your work, I would imagine, is quite you know high end work. Probably a lot of airport work, and so you've probably been adversely affected by the the pandemic.
2: Yeah, food, food traffic, through tourism and visitors coming from all over the world, is is integral part of you know what our industry supports in uh, this country. The tourism is worth millions and millions of pounds to the economy here, but not just my business, many involved under that whole umbrella have been decimated this past year, um, as of the airlines, I hasten to add.
1: Yeah, I think that the, the whole industry has been on its knees, but I think a, a bit more difficulties coming from you and Steve, um, I, I've been speaking to a few of the guys that tell me they've struggled with insurance um, for chauffeur services in Scotland.
2: It's a thing, interestingly enough, one of the the affiliates that I, I do some work with actually contacted me the other day and asked if I've had problems in insuring vehicles and I haven't but I, I talked to, to to my fleet insurance provider and it's always been there in the background of our industry we come under this umbrella of taxis taxi fleet insurance is what they call As we don't have our own definitive, as I say because we're not regulated and we kind of run along with the pack. I think there are some, they tend to push out to London to get them, but there are a lot of underwriters who are very uppity for whatever reason about our industry. and Why, I have no idea. But um, the whole insurance um, mechanism is another sore head, which I'm I'm sure you've probably come across in, in, in the business that, that you're in, William. It can be a <laughs> bit of a minefield. <laughs> Absolutely. A, a bit of a minefield.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the insurance, we're thinking the the, the the nuts and bolts of it, uh, it's one of our pet hates. Um, it, but more for the, the, the chauffeur driver, I think part of the problem was the, the fact that he's a licensed Is this got an issue with these at the moment, I believe?
2: A lot of them still raise the, the, the licensing issue, but... Uh... I've tended to find over the years they lent more heavily on the VIP carriage that was more of a concern of who, who you were running about and the risk of there and um, I, I just think a lot of it is nonsense and I think it's just another of the underwriters stranglehold on the whole industry to be honest they pick and choose um, and we can be very 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 as I said restricted on who is going to offer us fleet policies and um, so,
0: Steve, just a, a question, really, for for those that are maybe unfamiliar with the with the sector. <clears throat> I mean, on the show, we've covered uh, taxi and private hire, and you know, I think those are you know quite clearly defined, and the definition probably changes slightly from region to region or country to country. But how would you differentiate chauffeur drive from taxi and private hire? Ooh.
2: Well, some people might say it's a level above. I mean, it, it's suited, shut and tie. You know that that's hat upon request, or some some of the some of the the companies in our industry use chauffeur hats. It's it's that completely different approach. It's a level up approach. It's sort of a gold star approach, if you like, um, to, to transporting people around about. But we 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 come under. I mean, the legislation, in the rest of the UK, comes under private hire. That, that's that's the, sort of the, the, the banner for what, how they all get badged across the rest of the UK. The difficulty we have in Scotland is that under the private hire banner, it's all down to getting certificated through individual councils, and they all have different approaches as to how they would badge, if you like, a, a chauffeur driver. It wouldn't at any stage have on his badge that he's a chauffeur. It would be private hire. So you come under that umbrella, um, which it is what it is. If, it, if the badge is and that's the title, then fine. We then move on to the issue of the the vehicle scenario. How do we plate, sticker and badge a vehicle? Well, some of them had ideas that they wanted us to have a plate like a taxi or a hackney carriage does on the back in front of cars. Well, the reality is you're not going to have that on, you know... Uh, an executive vehicle uh, and stickers on the side. So, and, and they don't have it in any other country. In any other of the countries in the UK where they are legislated, they aren't. All they have is a, a, a small circular O license sticker on the windscreen. And some of these companies, carries London, Addison Lee, four thousand vehicles, and all they have is a sticker. So they can manage huge volume under the O license, O licensing regulations. But yeah, we can't. You can't seem to get it off the ground here in Scotland at all, as I said. Um, and again, back to, well, we have dealt with councils for many, many years. It's it's really, really a head buster to, to, to get the book open and start breaking down barriers and who would want to begin to then write an A to Z and what the, the criteria should be for our industry. Um, yeah. And it's not... Not saying that that we should give up on it, but I mean, just where we begin and where where we start getting, I don't know, what have we got in in Scotland and many different councils to come to the party and Maybe um, we we'd even we've had some conversations um, in conjunction with the LHPCA about you know the Scottish body, which meanwhile we've been involved in for a wee while now. Even sort of putting our head above the parapet and trying to sort of arrange via you know a non profit making committee some sort of angle to go. Can we self legislate? Um, give us the support. Give us the mechanics. Give us the tools to do it. Um, and again, that's revenue coming into councils, government, in Scotland because we would a lot of the, a lot of the regulations we would fall under the same as taxes and private hires. You know, there would be badge issues, there would be all license issues, there would be vehicle inspection. So we're not looking. We're not looking. Although some people, you know, might just say we're, we're, we're a posh car, you know, a posh service. We're not looking for to have anything different in our... So
0: Steve, going forward, then, I mean, presumably you're making some effort to to try and get some kind of criteria that you would find acceptable and you think your colleagues in the sector would find acceptable. Um, you mentioned stickers for the windscreens in vehicles. Do you think
2: that's something that you would embrace? Yeah, it's it's just a small... It's almost in the form of a tax disc lock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i next to certain in London and surrounding areas it's a blue disc... That's just your old license disc. Uh, you know, in the bus and truck industries, they all have a wee old license on, You know, some mm. circular thing on the windscreen, they have to have it by law. We would, if, if we had an operator's license and come under the same legal criteria. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a straightforward process as I said, but it, it's one of many things, as I said, that we have we have to try and battle through. And uh, Again, obviously a pandemic landing on us, you know, when we're or in the froze are trying to sort of get off and running with a few campaigns. I mean, I a shot, a, a, a shot a video, um, which actually, William was involved with with me with the running round and through your neck of the woods in the east. We were in the capital. Okay, we shot a video looking at all the difficulties in the streets that we have mm-hmm. in Glasgow yep. and Edinburgh. Only two cases where we can't access. Um, and again, the industries, again, uh, they're so out of kilter, you know, going back to taxis, stroke, private hire, and, uh, cabs have got restrictions or that, that, that count or apply in Glasgow or don't apply in Edinburgh or vice versa. I might get that the wrong way around. They can go in bus lanes here, but they yeah. can't go in bus lanes if they go to Edinburgh. So even that industry, we can't get into you know, a common theme between them. So and then we, we've got to sort of muscle in and try and find our share. you know, uh, uh, Have we got to get legislated? Because as say, at the end of the day, we, uh, we're a service provider. We we tick all the boxes, you know, we're not, we're not fly by night. like every industry, there may be one or two, I mean, but, you know, we're all bona fide businesses um, with expensive kit and um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, financial investment and what we're trying to do. But yeah. the strangle the stranglehold we're getting on trying to get around and deliver, you know, VIPs, any any level of, you know, passenger but to, to, to most of uh, the, uh, Hotels in Glasgow, right? Yeah, but we can't get we can't get near them. We get near them. Um, well, that's so right. I, I mean, you,
0: you've got you've got a lot of areas that are pedestrianised or are designated as for maybe buses, taxis, and cycles only. um But there are, I mean, there must be many locations, uh, even even a lot of hotels, which are virtually inaccessible now. So, I mean, how how do you cope with that day to day?
2: Well, the, the difficulty we are having. we've had some respite in a year long, because we have not, not really getting to take true. people to them because of yeah. what's going on <laughs> it'd be <laughs> yeah yeah interestingly enough the, the, the matter has got worse though in the year because and we understand some of the wisdom of what they've tried to do and what they've tried to create because we're under the throes of a pandemic but Oh, that's just gone carte blanche everywhere with cycle lanes and shutting things down and off. Anyway, but interestingly enough, we had clients that we ran on a road show last week, a couple of vehicles around eh, Glasgow and again through your neck of the woods, Lockheed and Edinburgh, looking at their owned Hilton hotels. Yep. And woe and behold, there's another crossover. William has an event coming at the Hilton in Glasgow later on in the year. And that was drop number one, that since we were last in town, they've messed around, I nearly use another word there, they've messed around with the access, you know, in the front of the uh, what we used to know as the Thistle Hotel, but it's, it's the Hilton uh, in, in Glasgow, the Hilton by Doubletree, and you can't get stopped on it. And these guys owned it. And we, we were stopping at a side lane next to bins to let them out. And they were apoplectic. The chap couldn't believe it. And Thomas actually said, see, actually, if you just jump in for a moment, we'll take you around the block to show you how we would have to try and navigate again to get back here. And the chap couldn't believe it. And we actually had similar difficulties, again, at crossing your neck of the woods, on the North Bridge at the, the Hilton Carrollton there. Uh, and you can't get stopped at them. And these guys own them, and they couldn't believe it. And we said, because well, Thomas was saying, you know, my boss, his friends got a big event here later on in the year, and this is how we're going to be trying to get people to come in and out, an event with 400 people. And the chap actually yeah. asked the question, would this stop you from coming here? And we are saying, well, no, but where else do we go? Because probably we go to the next hotel, and it's the same scenario. We can't, we can't get stopped. I think, Steve,
1: I think in that particular one on the, the Cambridge day after I'd spoken to you, I went and had a look at it, and does uh, a beggar's belief. I, I, I'd love to sit across the table with the guys that come up with this idea. Because you've got, where was, uh, we had two lanes um, going north to south. And heading south, um, you could stop right outside the Hilton. The inside lane, and everybody just went round about you. And the outside lane, quite easily. And, you know, everybody went about their business, there was no issues. They've reduced that to one lane each way. But not only have they done that, and now if you were to stop there, you're going to hold up all the traffic. There's no way around about you. You've got to stop outside the thistle. Uh, it used to be the thistle, it's now the Hilton Doubletree. You've got to stop outside it, and you've got to just stop all the traffic behind you if you're dropping someone off. And it's great to see you can go down the lane. Yeah, you can go down the lane if you know the lane is there and drop them at the bins. But you know, in this... Particular instance, that yeah, I knew that. But over and above that, what you've got after your your two lanes of traffic is you've got a loading bay, and at the other side of the loading bay, you've got some plant pots, and then you've got the cycle lane. And I just thought, I sorry, I was complaining about the poor guy that's got to empty his van. It's going to get knocked down with either a cyclist or a car because the loading bays in the middle of the street now <laughs> I thought, hey, come up with this Yeah, it's incredible um, it?
2: uh, Well that uh, therein lies the, the, the quandary I mean you're sitting you're thinking these hotels not just Glasgow, but Edinburgh. Major hotels. We have major events. There's been massive expenditure in Glasgow and in Edinburgh to bring events here and bring huge volumes of people. And someone then sits and thinks about how we access them in and out of hotels. <laughs> Let's just shut this lane down. And again, we can we can run through the list as long as both of our arms locky. You'll be aware of them in the capital. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. You understand the reasons why they've gone. You know, with what they do in Princess Street through there. But you've got. Probably the number one hotel in, in Edinburgh, Balmoral, at the far end. You're thinking, great, okay, you're the long way around, or you come from the Leith direction, you would get at it. But now they've taxi laned all the way right outside to Balmoral. You can't, you can't stop. It's a real And go around the North Bridgeway, I guess, just, it's bamboozling. Isn't it? And I, I, for the life of me, I. I, I I did put in an email when we, we ran the you know the the clients from the Hilton last week, I did put in an email to his PA if if, if if the chap who was heading the party of five that we ran would be happy to converse with me by email. I did sort of lay out the issues that I believe we have there. And it's only his chain of hotels, of course, to begin with, but if we'd be happy putting something in black and white as part of the process that we've started with the government... Um, and he said he would as yet. I haven't got it and I'll chase him up. I've no reason to believe he won't because he's witnessed it firsthand and he appreciates the difficulties that we've now got for a couple of his hotels that um, just get yeah. massive problems. Getting
1: people it out. Really is. I really think that people... Yeah, sorry, what can you
0: go? No, I was just going to say, it's staggering that you know these days accessibility, you know, for all is, is is such a a big subject and something you almost take for granted. You know, um, you know, for, for all sorts of of people and different uh, levels of um, um, ability. Um, and disability you know you need to really include everyone Uh, and yet this is such a a glaring oversight. I mean I, I wonder if hotels maybe are restricted in what they can do by the local authority or whether they just choose to focus more on the inside of the hotel and that experience but if you are opting to have a chauffeur driven vehicle drop you off outside the hotel and the best that you can do is be dropped off by the bins. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> the, the, it is, it, I can't say it without laughing. It just sounds ridiculous.
2: No, and it is comical. And we had a huge event, you know, three or four months before the pandemic kicked in, Lucky for a huge drink uh, drinks mm-hmm. company, Um and it was the same. They were in the new Motel One in Glasgow. I know I'm name dropping here. Some free advertising, anyway. In in, in the Radisson, we contacted Motel One who had something like over two hundred of these. That this customers, people staying there, and we raised the difficulty about access because you're actually a block away. They sent us a map highlighting what we already knew where we could drop them and pick them up. This block away from their own hotel. <laughs>
0: It's staggering, isn't it? Particularly getting dropped off in the. Um, well, I, I think it's fair to say that in Scotland we possibly um, get our more than our fair share of rain and snow and freezing conditions, and so being dropped by the bins in the rain must must be a, a special experience, a memorable oh, it would,
2: one. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be nice, even if it was warm, as you can no.
0: imagine. Yeah, true, true enough.
2: But, but as I said, it's staggering, and as I said, I, I, I think this vision, and again. Uh, I think all the main towns that we have now, there's this vision to drive cars out of them. Everyone needs to sort of get on a bike mm. or a bus into town or a train. Now these theories are all great, but you're removing you're removing the personal touch from the businessman, the tourist who wants to come to our town. You think even us trying to do tourism in Glasgow or Edinburgh our main towns, and you're thinking right, here we are you know, Mr and Mrs Smith and family of five, I'll pop you in the back of my V class. I'm going to take you around Glasgow. And it's just a hazard, absolute hazard. You, 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 there's virtually zero points in the centre of town that you could highlight and say, right, I'll take you around. You know, you, you could go, same as Edinburgh, you can do in Glasgow, you could jump on the, the, you know, the... um topless bus and and Mm. go around and see, you know, which is fantastic. But we can't do a personal tour like that in any of the main towns in one of our vehicles for access difficulties everywhere. Couldn't stop, couldn't let someone out to say, right, have a stroll along, you know, uh, Princess Street in the town, have a stroll around George Square in Glasgow, have a stroll along Argyll and we'll be there. You you you, you would lose people, but you would get chased and that's
0: the uh, and that's the drop offs i mean it must be even worse when you're having to pick up i suppose if you you're trying to get a spot to wait and then maybe you're having to wait an extra 5 minutes 10 minutes for someone to come out you've got horns getting beeped at you <laughs> it's um it's not easy whatever you're doing i guess
1: Well, I think the thing is that part of the problem, and that that was one of the hotels. Other hotels that you can't get near, a chauffeur drive can't get within sort of two or three blocks of it. So you're sort of putting them out in the the rain and saying, here, walk two blocks in that direction, you'll find your hotel. And I don't think that's what you're looking for from a chauffeur service, not a taxi. But more importantly, we've got the World Climate Summit coming in November, and we've got a, a whole lot of, high-class visitors coming from a lot of governments. Now, let me tell you, they're going to lift these restrictions somehow because they can't have some of these VIPs um, because on government them two or three streets to get to the hotel. Um, that, that That's something that's just not going to happen. They're going to find a way around that. But, uh, you know, th- this is something they've got to... I think they've, they've got to come up with some sort of access and some set drop points at each hotel in the city centre, because you cannot continue the way it is going you know, on. That's for sure. It just cannot continue like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it was definitely no, for it's
2: definitely. It's an excellent point, William, we and uh, it will be raised, and there will be a letter that uh, will go to the transport minister in advance of that. You're absolutely right. This this is hopefully a tipping point potentially because you're right. We've got you've got government officials of the highest level coming to our country from all over the world and we're going to be shuffling along here hotels and dropping them t- two blocks away in the yard <laughs> <up there>. um, <laughs> So, you know, hopefully it can be a tipping point. Even if we get some grace that, you know, even for larger events, that it's got to be a starting point. Someone has then... Yeah, that could then be the situation that then someone realises we have a serious problem when we have major events in the town that are supported by our industry. Um, yeah. Because the reality is our government, you know, even our devolved government won't want all these people with the greatest respect shuffled in and out in, 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 in hackney carriages and private hire cars. And not that there's anything wrong with them, but they want them treated at the level that, they expect to get treated that, and that's why I already have bookings in for it. They come into chauffeur-driven companies because they want the suited and booted approach. Um, so we're, we're, going to, we're going to be delivering them. We're going be delivering them streets away from where they want to be. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it's hopefully it's the tipping point.
0: Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Though, uh, let's. um, It'd be interesting just to see how some of these, um, you know, attempts that you've got going on to just to try and raise the profile of the of the whole industry and, you know, be a a, a mouthpiece for, um, you know, the entire sector and hopefully bring some improvements to licensing and legislation, make it easier to get insurance and drive out some of the, um, uh, you know, the 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 minority of, um, uh, you know, less. Uh, scrupulous uh, operators that are in the sector, which are, I realize are, are, are few in number, but it'd be good just to raise the entire profile of uh, of the sector. So you're yeah, obviously doing some great work there. Um, now, on the show, we talk about vehicles a fair bit, uh, and we've we've talked um, at length about some of the new technology that's coming out, including flying taxis and all sorts um, of of topics we've we've covered. Um, but electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles are are something that we're we're quite used to seeing on the road these days. Um, so, what sort of um, level of adoption is there within the chauffeur sector? Would you say, Steve, for you know more? Environmental environmentally friendly luxury vehicles?
2: Well, I I think the long and the short of it, Lockie, is is it's a change that's been thrust upon us. It's not going to be optional in years to come. I know some guys have dipped their toe in the water with it, but we're not not ready. We're not ready for electrics yet. I couldn't do a tour. I couldn't do an eight or a 10-hour tour anywhere in Scotland currently uh, with an electric vehicle. Because um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get me around. <laughs> I, mean, I can't stop and plug it in for for two hours, you know. So um, I, I, the jury's out from a personal perspective. I'm all for, I'm all for being green, and I'm all for trying to, you know, well, we have to, as I say. I, I can't quite remember what the year is. I think it'll be eight years or something. Is it something like that and to evolve, supposed to no longer have have diesel cars? So yeah, 2030, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I welcome, I welcome everything that that, 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 that's environmentally friendly. But it's it's got to fit again, and it's got to allow us um, vehicles that are fit for purpose. I mean, if we if I buy an electric E class tomorrow, half the boot space is gone.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. So I'm restricted again for 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 what use it is to me. Do I buy um, an E class estate? Does that make the difference? I'm not sure. it's a challenge we have to meet. We've got other challenges ahead of that, I believe, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, legislation for our industry, top of the list. Uh, th- this is a, this is an opportunity for me on, on this show to uh, plug the Scottish LP HCA. We want to grow members in that. We want to have a voice. That strong voice then can get us a platform to look all the other things that are on the horizon, electric vehicles, hybrids, so on and so forth. So we want to do that from a position of strength, but we want to do it from a position where our industry is recognised. And that that can only come from within. So we're kind of down the road with that. We've got a few people involved, pushing for more. Um, Non-profit making, we just want to, as I say, give our industry um, the platform to, to... to actually service the way that we should be servicing. Um, And and that's where we're at. As I said, I I think if we can get ticking the boxes, if there's a list, and I I know it might sound like a crazy thing to say, probably electric and hybrids pretty far down at the moment um, because there's just so much of it doesn't fit for us. Um, But the reality is uh, it'll be upon us, as I said, but hopefully it'll be upon us when we're in a position that we're an industry that's recognised. And then people, manufacturers of vehicles can start looking at what the requirement is specific to our business. So they may come up with a smaller battery, they may come up with a larger car. At this stage, I have no idea. But certainly what's out there at the moment isn't conducive to our day-to-day business.
0: Well, that's what I understand as well. I mean, you, you you hear about, you know, luxury vehicles, which are, you know, the, the type of vehicles that you would be um very familiar with. I think you mentioned the E class Mercedes. I mean, I I've heard stories of operators using them and on electric only, you only have a range of fifteen miles. And I think William, you mentioned uh, about a Range Rover. I think it's in an even worse position where it's got a range of in the region of eight or nine
1: miles on electric only. Yeah, nine mile with a full charge, which will probably take you overnight to charge it. So I mean, but I think what <laughs> happens is it ticks the box, doesn't it? it allows them to see we're hybrids.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh,
1: is, it's that. no good to anybody.
2: Hmm. Okay, so I think uh, that comes. Sorry, Lockie. I think that comes at every level, Lockie, even driven at government level. I think placing these vehicles even here just now and pushing them out kind of ticks a box for them, even though we're not set for it. But it is coming, you know, there's lots of evolving in the whole industry. We all know what's happening down in Asia, um, driverless cars, so listen, there's a whole new world out there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well Steve, thanks very much
0: for uh, for your time on the show today. Um you've mentioned a lot of things that I'm sure our listeners are going to be really interested in uh, and you I think extended a an invite there for anyone who's interested in talking about the Scottish um, LPHCA and maybe how they'd want to touch base with you to discuss maybe a joint approach to um to, you know, Help you with uh, with the the campaigns that you're working on. So how how can our listeners reach out to you?
2: They can they can get me through um, website. They find me www.strathclydechover.co.uk any link up to me through the website and we can talk about how we want to form and grow the the support network we have through the lphca in scotland Um, we have different laws of course from the rest of the uk so that's important to note but they can get me through the web that would be the easiest format
0: okay great stuff steve thanks Okay, we'll move on to the what's on section now. We'll just cover the uh, the list of events that we have currently, starting off with the Scottish Taxi Expo, which is going to take place in the Normandy Hotel. That's in Renfrew on the 6th of October this year. We've got the LPHCA National Forum taking place on Tuesday, the 6th of July this year at the Emirates Old Trafford. That's in Manchester. The same organisation, LPHCA, have got the Roadshow taking place on Thursday, the 30th of September, September. That's at the Marriott Hotel at uh, London Heathrow. Private Hire and Taxi Monthly PHTM Expo is scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday, the 14th and 15th of September this year. We've got Taxi Expo 2021, which is taking place on the 16th of September in the Netherlands. We've got QSI Awards, um, which is a pro driver magazine still scheduled for the 18th of November at a venue which has yet to be announced. And then finally, we've got the Taxi Fair in Madrid, uh, which is Sunday 21st and Monday 22nd of November this year. And that is the postponed show from 2020. So if any listeners have got any new shows that they want to have listed, get in touch with us in the usual way through. Uh, our facebook page and we will add this to the list so i hope you've enjoyed the show i'd just like to take this opportunity to uh, thank uh, steve lumsden once again for joining us and thanks to everyone for listening and subscribing and stay safe we'll catch you next time